You're watching Lance and Roar, your home for Irish football, news and nostalgia. And on this episode, um, Keller, <laughs> I've completely messed this one up. Sorry, chaps. I thought we were on a state of play, but we're not. Um, on this episode, uh, World Class Gallery shines as Adam Ida nets two. No pyro, no stadium for bows. And could we have an interim manager for March? All this and more coming up on Lance and Roar Live. David Dunn here, sadly, um, <laughs> joined by Nick Menzies and Martin Brown. I guess I do apologise, guys. It's been a bit, I don't know what happened to me there complete. I had a bit of a Jonathan Hill moment uh, <laughs> there. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, wait, wait for it. Wait. There you go. Wait. Have you gone on holiday and demanded to be paid in lieu? I Although have, you, yes. You're here. You're here. You're not on holiday. I have your base yes. in England. Is that what you mean? I, there's so many Jonathan Hill. I, I have this. confidence in the Lansdowne Roar board. Yeah. I have confidence in the Lansdowne Roar board. There is uh, a lot of similarities. I, just you, to reiterate, you're in, you're based I in have England. confidence in the Lansdowne Roar board. What about me, yeah. Have you got confidence in me? <laughs> Dave, I have confidence in the Lansdowne Roar board. That's fair. I wouldn't even have confidence in you're, me. You're based right. in England, Dave, so there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. You know. Absolutely, yeah. I just want to travel over to March. That's when I'm going to get my holiday pay. Anyway, um, David Dunn here, as I said, joined by Martin Prendergast and Nick Menzies. As always, if you like what you hear, love what you see, hit that subscribe button, scan that QR code, head over to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Right, chaps, we got all the jocularity out of the way, out of our system. Um, We want to ask, we are Irish football's most interactive podcast we are the voice of the fans and all those other little bells and baubles you can attach so we want to ask the question at the top of this podcast now we will get to your comments and we will talk about a range of topics to do in irish football and we want to hear from we want to hear your opinion from the raw fa- raw faithful the raw faithful um we want to hear from you guys uh i can barely speak tonight but the question i want to ask at the top of the podcast is would you be happy if we had an interim manager for march if that meant the fei could get their man because let's be honest that's what it looks like <sighs> and breathe uh nick you're very welcome uh we we are now a threesome again it's very beautiful uh you are over at kick on over in where were you I was, yeah, no, yeah, no, I was at KickOn in the convention center last Saturday. And so big shout out to Paul B. And we had him on the show last week. And uh, obviously we were trying to get, give a bit of promo to it. It was fantastic. It was, it was partnered with the Dublin, uh, sorry, the, yeah, the Dublin card show. So it was an eclectic mix of people. It was, you know, I, I was going in expecting to see football jerseys and it was kind of Pokemon cards and uh, <laughs> felt a bit out of place, but it was great. And, um, no, we we great crack there. Really good displays. Shout out to Barry Rojack for for showing us around the Irish Sports Museum. Uh, Rob from Pelt, some great gear there. Just to plug some of some of Rob's gear. Lovely stuff. Great chat with with, with Rob. Friend of the pod. Sorry, say again. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Be great to have him on. I I floated the idea with him. He wasn't impressed at all. He was like absolutely. <laughs> he was like absolutely not. Um, shout out to Niall as well and Calcio Culture Club. Bought a lovely 
vintage uh, Australia football jersey, actually, a very random one, but one I I was actually after for a while because I do collect my kits. So that, that was my purchase of the day. And um, some great people, some some great community, actually, kidsters. And, um, of course, Paul, great shout-out to him. He looked stressed at the nines when I saw him, but I uh, had a great chat with him. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to, to more involvement with KCON going forward. So Hopefully next year. Fantastic. Yeah. No, oh, brilliant stuff. Fingers crossed, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. No, no. Uh, hopefully we'll make it to one some some stage. Um, right, we're gonna crack on uh with the I big and your dulcet tones. Give us two seconds. Hold on, wait for it, wait for it. New jingle. There we go. Yeah, there you go, Neary Nick. I can he's in the comments already there. Um hope you're happy. Um, Nick, uh, you're gonna read out our we're going to read out to our lovely Raw Faithful how our boys in green got on over the weekend. Go for it. I am indeed. And will I talk about the Celtic fans, Celtic fans, Celtic fans again, or will I? <laughs> Probably best not. <laughs> yeah, well, well. speaking of Celtic fans, so Adam Ida, two goals for Celtic in their 3-1 win against Motherwell. Two brilliant goals, by the way, lads, if you saw them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unbelievable header, really, really good finish laid on to, to, to win the game, essentially, for them. So... Someone who's been uh, who was criticised heavily by the Celtic fans um, before he'd even kicked the ball. Similar to Liam Scales, actually. So it's uh, it's, it's great to see him. Great to see him. Um, oh, Dan. Them. Yeah, so great, great comment or a great kind of tweet there earlier on from Dan McDonnell uh, saying that sections of the Celtic fans will be silently deleting Adam Ida tweets quicker than some of the Liam Scale ones. And I think that is 100% right. Dave, I know that you always agree with Dan McDonnell. So I love Dan. Yes. And but most he, importantly, Nick, he, he does not love loves you. me. Yes, he does. I know he okay. does. You tell yourself that. Right. So the next <laughs> next bit there, Will Keane having some season for himself, a goal for Preston North End. They beat Coventry 3-0. Jason Knight, a goal for Bristol City. They lost 2-1 to Sheffield Wednesday, assisted by Taylor Gardner-Hickman, who was eligible for Ireland and then wasn't eligible for Ireland. But anyway... Um, he he was involved there. And another uh, stat there from the pressing game against Coventry, Alan Brown assisting in the first minute of the game. Into League One, Promise Amashere scoring a goal for the Fleetwood crack. And uh, that goal was assisted by Boston Lal. I don't know if you saw that goal, lads, but uh, Ronan Coughlin, so formerly of St. Pat's, formerly of Sligo Rovers as well. Um, very cheeky attempt to nick the goal on the line. Don't know if you saw that, but, um, yeah. but it, it was credited to Promise. So, um, I mean, typical Pats player, you know, trying to steal the Bohemians' glory. But anyway, and Tyler Goodrum, goal for Oxford United. They lost 2-1 to Leighton Orient. Very, very good player, Tyler Goodrum. And just an interesting one, and, and a guy who's kind of gone off the radar a little bit, Jordan Shipley, who's an Ireland under-21 cap. He kind of went off the radar a little bit. Uh, sadly, he was with Coventry for years. He's with uh, Shrewsbury Town now. He got a goal and two assists. Apparently very, very impressive for them over the weekend uh, for Shrewsbury losing, or sorry, beating Reading 3-2. And then Conor Harahan, I think we can say former international at this stage, Conor Harahan, who, by the way, is having a very good season for Derby. He got an assist for them. They lost over the weekend. I can't remember against who, but they lost anyway. Bar- to Barnsley. Barnsley. Horahan's former club, actually. Yep, makes Barnsley. Um, there you go. Uh, slim pickings as always uh, every weekend. I see some of your comments coming in there about the interim manager. Of course, um, we asked the question, would you be happy with an interim manager for the March friendlies? If it means the FEI get there, man, I want to hear. we want to hear from you guys when we get to the comment section. Um, another bit there, obviously, we didn't quite mention it on the iBig graphic was, um, I don't think we did anyway, Queeving Kelleher. 
got man of the match. Martin. He didn't get man of the match. I believe he did. He got man no, of the he match. Didn't. He I did believe not. he did get man of the match. I no. I think he did get man of the match. He didn't get man of the match. He got man of the match then. Virgil got man of the match. Queeven got man of the match. Um didn't. Well, 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 well. They argued about to... it after, but they, they they didn't argue about it. But they were interviewed together after. But they didn't get one of the match to give it to Virgil, didn't they? The the greatest centre back in the Premier League ever, apparently. So we've ruled out um... a lot of players with that one. But no, no, I'm going to come across as very anti Liverpool and very bitter. But look, I'm just going to say I was the one. Let's be fair. I put up the post in the aftermath. I got I done the screenshot of him lifting the cup as well. I waited. I watched. I watched as the manager you know, indulge himself. It's not about him. But then I watched him lift the cup with the with the captain Van Dyke. And then he the cup went along to Kelleher. I screenshotted that and I uh, well done. I, I put that up for the for the You're still a bitter little man, Prendergast. Martin or Prendergast. The raw faithful so they could all see it. And um yeah. No, I think fair play to him. Absolutely brilliant game. I actually love the fact that Gary Neville um was praising him so highly. Um and you know, at one stage he said he was immaculate, didn't he? Which you, you don't often hear an immaculate kind of word in football punditry, do you? Yeah, it's a big word for Gary Neville. Yeah. What did he call? Fair him? play. No, he, I thought he was brilliant, Kelleher. Fantastic. And yeah, I mean, I, I actually watched a bit of the Monday Night Football tonight, and they were talking about it. And you know, he did call them the billion team billion bottlers or something, billion pound uh, bot- blue bottlers, bottlers yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Blue bottlers, and he's backtracking on that already. So that's quite interesting. Here's one for you, Here's one for you. I know we don't have a manager, and we probably won't until 2027. But who is your Ireland? Who's your Ireland number one now? Gavin Bizzuno playing every week, having an all right season with with Southampton. They're in a bit of a blip, or Cuevin Callagher, who apparently is more class. For me, it's Bizzuno. I don't know. It, 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 I mean, Allison's there for a while, isn't he? I think he's there for six weeks. If Cuevin Keller is playing weekend and week out uh, for Liverpool up until the March friendlies, you know, and by the way, um, we've got the dates here. Uh, they're coming up on the 23rd and 26th of March. If he's still playing, it has to be Kelleher playing at a higher level in one of the best teams in the world. Nay, the best team in the world, Martin. <laughs> Me. See, this is where we're trying to get listeners to this podcast <laughs> and, and, and viewers for the show. And you know, we were called out early, weren't we, Nick? I think was that you responded to the Cantona account on Twitter saying the two little lads actually, you know, no, that was that was Mr. Dunn. That was Mr. Oh, Dunn. Right. Yeah, so you he didn't realize we had a YouTube channel, uh, and he says oh, that's he, it, yeah. he's not gonna be in for the so this is for you for uh, the Kelleher loving. Uh, Look, fair well, play to me in all seriousness, brilliant to see. Like, we want to see our Ireland, play, Ireland players playing and. Winning trophies as well. But he should be the, the number the art he should be starting for Ireland in March if he's I, I just Liverpool. don't think I don't see what Pazuni's done wrong though. He's he's playing equally as well. Um if it's he's playing at a lower high. level. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's sharper then, you could argue. And um he's like he's got in Kelleher with the injury. He probably would have played in the final anyway, because that's the way they've done it in previous years. Mm. Um but so he's playing in the Premier know, League. Yeah, but I mean Klopp doesn't even know who who um who the number one for Ireland is. So maybe uh, he no. is getting a bit doddery in his age and the, the pressure's come to him that he's got to get out of the game, hasn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, because Eric Ten Hag is just as sharp as a as a stick. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, well, actually, that's a question for the Roar Faithful out there. Who do you think should be our number one goalkeeper? Who should be starting for the Republic of Ireland um, in March? 23rd against Belgium at home. I think the world number two team. And then against Switzerland at home as well, three days later. 
Is it Bazunu or is it Kelleher? Let me, let me know in the comments. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to that. Um, because Martin's just too bitter to admit it. Um, also, yeah, Adam Ida, two goals uh, for Celtic. They were, I think it was 1-1, wasn't it, at Motherwell? And he popped up and he got a late, um, he got an equaliser and then he got a 94-minute winner. Well, there was another goal scored in the 96th minute, but yeah. But um, he's doing really well up there, isn't he, Ida? Like, he's, Shane Rogers is <laughs> doing too well and he's in a bit of hot water over the weekend. Is, I mean, yeah, I mean, if I can come in first, sorry, Nick, I'm going to steal your thunder. Okay. But they were fucking brilliant goals, weren't they? Yeah, like the header, the header and yeah. then the, the the it was it was clinical. Now I'll upset the the Celtic fans now by saying you know I probably score goals up there, but um, <laughs> you know, fair play, he's actually doing it. He's got four in four in four goals recently, isn't he? In yeah, total, four so and four. Far. He's four yeah. and four. Two two braces, and he's 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 been good. Look, I, I've watched a couple of the games, and he's. Missed a couple of very good chances, but at the same time, like he's taken those two ones very, very well. The header was unbelievable, and uh, to score the second one under that kind of pressure, you know, and and from that angle is very, very tight. But it, the, the funny one there, lads, is you know, I know I kind of alluded to it a few minutes ago, but the, the weird comments and criticisms of Celtic fans, not, not just towards Adam Ida, but Liam Scales. I mean, we posted something there last week on some stats of Scales, he's one of the best passing accuracies for a centre half in Europe at the moment, and all the comments instead of kind of praising their player, getting behind their player because he's probably their breakthrough player this season. They're all saying, "Well, all the passes are back to the goalkeeper." Like he's an excellent player. Like I've he he's not a sexy player. He's not kind of a high profile player. But I, I don't really understand the whole. And if there's Celtic fans listening now or, or watching the show now, I'd love love to hear you chime in. But it's just a weird mentality. And you see it from kind of the, you do see it from certain quarters, like a lot of Irish Celtic fans in particular, they'll chime in and they'll kind of say, these lads are playing well, what's your problem? You know, but it, it just shows the uh, the unusual world of football Twitter, especially mm. with Celtic fans, Celtic fans, Celtic fans. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. If you want to, if you want to see uh, Nick's microphone breakdown, head over to the YouTube channel. Um, it's there. Was it two lives ago? I think it is. Um, moving on to the uh, national team and the wonderful search for a new manager, uh, which has kind of gone cold actually a little bit. However, a new name has popped up. Uh, Gavin Cooney, not a friend of the pod, um, he has come up and he's written an article today and he shared it on Twitter. And actually, Nick, you shared it literally just before we went on. Um, apparently, Paul Clement is interested in succeeding Stephen Kenny as Ireland boss. Uh, Paul Clement, who has quite a hell of a CV on him, actually. Um, he was Fulham Academy assistant, Fulham under 18, under 21s with the Republic of Ireland assistant, Chelsea 16, 18 reserves assistant, Blackburn Rovers, Paris Saint Germain, Real Madrid, Derby, Bayern Munich, Swansea. But recently, he was the Everton assistant up until last year. Um, so he's got quite a pedigree, just born down the road from me, uh, where I am right now, uh, Wandsworth, um, in London. But um, yeah, this this is one. This one's come out of nowhere, Nick. But I don't think it's. I don't think the FAI. We're not sure if the FAI have spoken to him. He just says he's interested, but he's now the work manager. So why wouldn't he be interested in the Ireland job? To be fair. And, and can I just blow my own trumpet very hard here and say that I I named him as an outsider back in November when when Stephen Kenny was sacked. Um, and the only reason I and, and actually when Mick Mc, or sorry when Martin O'Neill was sacked, I actually 
said Paul Clement could be an outside bet. And the reason being, he does have an affiliation with the FAI. And the reason I think I wouldn't have Paul Clement, first of all, like, it wouldn't be for me. I don't think he's been a very successful manager. He's been a successful no. coach, but not a successful manager. But the reason I think he could be in the running before inevitably being ruled out like Neil Lennon and, and um, Jesus, what's Coleman. his name? Coleman. Um, what's his name? She's Chris Coleman. Is because, first of all, he, he trained with the FAI as a coach. As far as I know, he trained, he did the same course as Carlo Codicini. And I think the two of them actually did kind of like a work experience with the Ireland under 21. So he, he's, he's actually coached Ireland, albeit for a brief time. And the other thing I would say is the FAI are looking for a head coach, aren't they? They're not necessarily looking for a manager. They want a head coach. And Paul Clement kind of fits that profile as a head coach and fits that profile as someone who has come through the FAI pathway. So it's an endorsement uh, for the FAI if they were to appoint him. Now, as I said, I, I wouldn't have him simply because he just hasn't proven anything as a number one. He's had, you know, as a coach, he's been very good. He did struggle with Everton, but again, Frank Lampard was his boss. So we have to kind of bear that in mind. But I, I would not be surprised if he's been spoken to lads and he's he's mentioned his interests. Is he being sworn to silence? Has he been interviewed? I don't know, but I would honestly think he a little bit like home and I would honestly think he's in the running because of yeah. some legitimate links there. Yeah. Yeah. No, one out of t- uh, left field. Also, Gavin Cooney mentioned, uh, Martin, I'll throw this one to yourself, that um, apparently there is a sponsorship on Horizon, but it won't be Revolut. Um, I don't know who's going to be. He just says, but apparently won't be Revolut. Uh, maybe we'll be Guinness, Martin. What do you reckon? You're trying to get Guinness as a sponsor, aren't you? Well, judging... I've kind of been sponsoring Guinness myself over on Saturday. <laughs> so maybe uh, they will. They've had a surge. <laughs> um, I'd love Guinness to be the sponsor, to be honest. I've, I've often said that um, just because I think it would look really cool having the, the little badge there, the harp on the... On yeah. The forget about the money, game. but uh, yeah. Yeah, forget about the money, yeah. But um, yeah, I, again, mm, well, credible sources, isn't it? That's what we're, we're questioning now, people's... Um, leaking these uh you know, well, stories and things I like mean, that and revolute yeah I, we don't know uh, yet again, I, you, like i said i i hope before they went out in front of the oroctus that the deal was done um and i did see that in relation to this kind of story that you know that there is an improved deal with castore as part of the part of the kit kind of thing actually we we have an exclusive here martin we have the contract signed by the fei and castore right here ah uh, uh, yes there you go <laughs> there we- there you have it. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ. That I, that ain't going away anytime soon, that uh, redacted email. Christ. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't really care who, who the sponsor is. As long as it's not in the shirts or you have a, an option to buy, you know, one with the sponsor, one without the sponsor, and it's on all the training gear. No issue would have been on be the training gear, I say. I, I think that's what yeah. most associations do now, don't they? Because I, I think the jersey probably, I don't know if it's all better without the sponsor, but it was a popular move. So I say if whatever training gear comes out, it could be on the sleeve or maybe on the front. That's what most associations do. That's what England do, Martin, isn't it? When you're buying your England gear. Yeah. Three lines on the shirt and all that. Yeah. See, what we don't really, you know, what we haven't realized yet is that Martin also does like an England podcast and he presses a little button in his office and everything in the back swings <laughs> into England shirts like that. <laughs> and again, it's just kind replaced... of bond, like a Bond layer or something. Yeah. Bond yeah. Layer, like that. I mean, to get it replaced by Stella Artois, is it? Or Amstel or some, I don't know, whatever you hooligans drink. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, 
it's a bit, it's a it's a weird time for the FEI. No sponsor, um, no money, no manager uh, on the horizon. And uh, Barry, so, yeah, but there's yeah. a bit of talk about Barry, isn't there? Because he's leaving Bayern Munich. No, we that... might, Nick, would you? Is he is he still with Portugal? He is. Uh, Nick, yeah. you can give us exclusive there as uh, you know. You must be chatting to your mates in Portugal. So my so my other podcast, the Burgundy and Green Machine. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the, or sorry, we're not like we're not like called that anymore. The Liz, Lisbon Roar, Lisbon Roar. Uh, yeah, no, he no, he is, he, he is, and um, he, I would, I wouldn't rate Roberto Martinez whatsoever. So I actually think Anthony Barry has a huge amount to do with the kind of revival of Portuguese football. Because I mean, it was, I suppose, the World Cup showing was maybe papered over a few cracks of, of what was wrong with that national team and the qualifiers there are very, very convincing. Um, I mean, look, Martinez plays a nice, expansive style, but I honestly think Anthony Barry has massive influences over the, the teams that he coaches. I, I still don't know, as I said, like the, the whole head coach idea Would rather you have than him? a manager. I, I wouldn't just yet. I know I, I want Lee Carsley. <laughs> No, but no, no I, mean, I, I, I wouldn't have yeah. Barry. I think, I think Barry, I think Barry's bread and butter is coaching. But that, that's what they're looking for, though, isn't it? I mean, yeah, but no, he's head, not the yeah, big. No. Yeah, but they want a figurehead, don't they? They, they want a, they want a figurehead of the association. Or they, or they might say a coach, but they need someone who's very media savvy, who's going to be the main person, that able to conduct the pre-match, post-match interview, be able to bring sponsors in and do that corporate kind of gig as well. They need someone like the figurehead of the association who. Um, is also going to have a great knowledge of football and and also fit in with their football see, coaching pathway. The, kind the of thing idea. is, though, for me, like with the FEI, as we saw, they have no money. Uh, they're looking for half a million quid from the government. Uh, seeing how last Thursday went, that won't be coming anytime soon. They'll be looking to get a Sports Direct catalogue uh, from the Irish government. So they're going to need to take a punt on somebody. They're going to either need somebody who's desperate for a job who fits in the category, and we've seen the likes of Coleman and Lennon, let's be honest, they're desperate for a job, or they're going to have to take a punt on somebody. Now, Carsey's the main man. That's the man he want. That's the man we all want. And I think a lot of our viewers out there want as well. However, he's still a punt to some degree. I wouldn't... I, I, I want Carsey, don't get me wrong, but if they, if they came up with Anthony Barry, I'd go, do you know what? Let's roll the dice on Anthony Barry. I would I would take... I would rather have Anthony Barry over a washed-up manager. I think... Not, yeah, the the more I think about it, lads, and look, I know I, I haven't really been on the show lately, and um, haven't really been able to chime into the the whole managerial discussion. But I, I think we've a young, exciting team. Hmm. But I, but I also think we need a manager with enough experience to maximize that team because I don't. It might have been Kevin Doyle said. Sometimes you have to be able to box clever against some of the bigger teams. Like that's where Stephen Kenny was very naive. Stephen Chris Kenny. Hewton. Well, well, someone like Chris Hewton and um, Paul, who was on the show. I'm going to get. I, I'm. This is not from me. This is from Paul from from Kickon. He was on the show yeah. last week. He he said, he said, um, uh, Roy Hodgson simply because he said, you know, he he has a lot. Paul's quote was, he has a lot in his arsenal, um, and this whole idea that like if we're playing a France. Stephen Kenny didn't have the savviness to shut up shop or to tighten things up where, you know, even yeah, say but... like, say Trabatoni, someone like that would have would have known how to maximize the most out of these limited squads. Now, I wouldn't have Hodgson. I would not have Hodgson. Absolutely not. But, He's but, 76. But, yeah, but we need. Yeah, he is. That's He's similar finished. kind of ilk. He's finished. Though. That's what you want. Yeah, He's finished. Look, Hodgson, Hodgson is finished. But, it, but the, the point is, I think we need someone who has, first of all, international experience. 
Second of all, experience with getting the most out of limited nations. Um, and I don't know what third of all is. I was just kind of uh, just kind of on one there. But we, we need someone who can who can box clever. And we can go for, like, even with Carsley. Like, Carsley is a very contemporary manager, but he's working with probably the best underage team in the world at the moment. You know, the players he has at his disposal. The players he had at his, at his disposal mm-hmm. in that Euros was outrageous. Like, it was 10 steps above everyone else. So... We're not we're not gonna get the like for like football that we did that 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 Carsley had with the under twenty one. So we need someone who's able to mix it up. We need someone who's able to box clever I, and I say Carsley would though. Yeah, yeah, look, I yes, he has got that savviness, yeah. but has he got the experience as well? It's it's the more I think about it, lads, and I wouldn't I would not have Hodgson, but I know I keep beating the drum, but like Hervé Renard, he's got the experience at international level. He's got the experience with limited teams. He is very, very technically savvy. He mixes things up against the opposition that he's playing. Anyway, yeah. not going to happen, unfortunately. No, no. Um, speaking actually of, of Stephen Kenny, and by the way, I love your comments coming in. Um, who do you, you know? Uh, are you happy? Would you be happy with uh, an interim manager? Of games in March, let us know. Um, also, uh, yeah, anything you want to talk about, keep those comments coming in. See the coming in. I want to hear from you guys. We will get to those towards the back end of the show. Um, Martin, um, I was actually on the last pod that we did, it came in that Stephen Kenny um had an interview with um, your mate, with uh, friend of the podcast, friend of mine, uh, Tom McDonald. Um, yeah, um, I mean, basically broke his silence. I, I read it, you read it. Um, I'll be honest, didn't really think much of the interview. Not Dan McDonald's fault, Jenny Wiley. Um, he just found, he was just a typical, you knew what you were going to get with Stephen Kenny. It wasn't going to be explosive, really, was it? It was going to be very polite, you know, very gentlemanly as he is. Um, what did you make of him, Martin? I thought it was interesting the, that he that Dan kind of referred that he, he came prepared with like a little bit of a, the way I understood it, I don't know if you understood it as this, but um, they kind of had a little dossier papers and stuff like that with, you know, showing this graphic that he's obviously yeah. done up with. Um, I don't know, maybe the FAI media department helped him, your, your friends in that. Um, but um, uh, so it, it was showing though the capped players um, and it, and I put, I posted that actually up on our, on our Facebook page. Got a lot of interaction people would oh they would have been capped anyway um and i just just off on a tangent thanks everyone for your interaction on our, our mm-hmm. different social profiles i suppose but yeah look, it wasn't anything surprising that he did that um but what i did kind of you know he he i liked the fact that he was quite honest and i expected him to be and he said how you know i think he said it before the, the new zealand new zealand game or the holland game that he knew it was up and told it was quite emotional because the players, yeah, you got to remember the players have been through a journey together. It hasn't worked out. They all kind of spoke glowingly of him as being a gentleman and, and very honest and probably kind of too emotional within the job, I suppose, in, in hindsight. But, you know, you know, we, it's so important to us, obviously, football. But, you know, I also had a lot of sympathy for him uh, explaining, you know, the circumstances of, and how fortunate he was with um, his wife's accident uh fair play like and hope she is recovering well and the family's all good um but i think that's just our kind of irishness passing on those sentiments but you know as a manager i i kind of made the point as well he you know we wanted him to do well i know we'll be repeating ourselves here but you know we want him to do well nice to hear from him nice to hear that he's still got ambitions to be in the game still relatively young um 
I don't know where he goes from now, but you know he's going to have ex- he'll, he'll have learned an awful lot from the experience yeah, of managing yeah. Ireland and yeah, um, yeah. I think he'll. Oh, I wish him all the best anyway. I wish him all the best. I just didn't think it was a particularly interesting. And to be fair to him, he had a lot. Like I, I saw him as in a way the figurehead of the FAI. He, he had great time for the fans and everything like that, and interaction with the fans. And yeah, some people at the FAI just seem very um, reluctant to have that engagement with fans, don't they, Dave? We won't name names. Let them just die on that. Let them just die on that hill. <laughs> I see what you've done there. I see what you've done there. Uh, very clever. Uh, right, we're going to move it on from the national team. What do you think, by the way, what Martin said there? What did you read the Stephen Kenny interview? Uh, what did you make of it? What did you make of Martin's um, not so uh, <laughs> not so hidden comment there? Little jab. Um, there, uh, tell us in the comments. We will get to those in a second. Right, we're going to move it on to the League of Ireland. Um, very interesting now and this has been a bit of a bugbear of mine for the last while um excuse me but uh, the league of ireland is back it's in full swing um however one as well as the the higher standard of football the the improving attendances the league of ireland is growing again and it's fantastic to see but however one thing that seems to keep bringing its ugly head is the issue with the players and um he Bowls were playing St. Pat's in Inchicore at Richmond Park. And um, basically, this is what happened here. Here's a t- uh, tweet here from Aidan Fitzmaurice. Series fine on the way for Bohemians. Uh, game the latest flares thrown onto the field. One flare from Bowes and struck their own player, Keen Byrne, on the arm. He needed medical attention. I mean, it was always going to happen. But anyway, um, so that has resulted in, I believe, a one-game ban for Bose. Uh, their fans are banned from their next away game. Here is a statement from the League of Ireland. Following the Airtricity Men's Premier Division fixture between, say, Pats, Athletic and Bose at Richmond Park on the 23rd of February 2024, uh, which a Bohemian player was struck by a pyrotechnic and independent disciplinary committee on the FAI has imposed a ban on Bohemian FC spectators from attending their next away fixture versus Drogheda United FC on the 4th of March 2024 at Weavis Park. And, of course, they go on to uh, remind everybody how stupid flares are and uh, pyros, how dangerous they are. Uh, both have accepted it. I'm not going to go into um, this statement. It's quite a wordy statement here from Bohemians. Um, they're basically yeah, condemning the fans that do it. Um, and they find it very frustrating because they're getting fined. That I think they lost. They were in the cup final as well. They lost their... They basically lost their prize money last year because they had to pay for the repairs, etc., etc., etc. On... I mean, the Bose fans weren't just protesting, or sorry, they weren't just, you know, throwing flares at players, but also they had this protest against the FAI. Support SIP2 workers, pay them fairly, FAI. I think they had a few other ones as well. Uh, Nick, you you are our um, Bose man on the pod. And this was bound to happen, wasn't it? Somebody was going to get injured. I mean, why in the name of God would you throw a flare? Now, I'd imagine the target wasn't their own player. But why are you throwing a flare on the pitch? It is a firearm, essentially. Oh, it's all about the atmosphere, lads. It's all about the atmosphere. No pyro, no, no party. party. Yeah, it's yeah. um no look, I it's 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 not a new phenomenon, but it's certainly something that that's keeps creeping in and into the league. I never really get it. I think I described it a while ago as as uh, cavemen discovering fire for the first time. I uh, th- there's some great Bowls fans who would use pyro some fantastic Bose fans and then there's a section of Bose fans who i'd say couldn't name one player on the team um i was at the cup final in november uh you know i'm supporting Bose since i was 
seven or eight or something like that and and i i think it's i think there's nothing better than when you see new fans and i've met a lot of new fans and it's fantastic but there is a kind of dynamic of you know they they think it's they think it's mean machine um you know they they think it's football factory they think it's something like that they're 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 not really there for the football they're there for the devilment, let's say, and there's nothing wrong with a bit of devilment. But when it's when it's resulting in, first of all, a player getting injured, and then when it's resulting in a club being fined with a fine they really can't afford to pay, that's where my issue is. You know, there there is that there is a famous sign in Daily Mail Park that says, "Don't invade the pitch because we can't afford the fine." <laughs> and you know, I, I, as a Bowls fan, like I'm I'm all for I'm all for atmosphere. I'm all for a new wave of fans, a new dynamic of fans. But what I'm not for is when the club is, it's a league of Ireland club. There isn't that much money. Um, yeah. And, and money is being pissed away. And the same fans will be frustrated that we can't sign certain players, you know, be, be frustrated at, at different aspects that, that involve finances. And yet they're part of the problem. And as I said, like there, there's some really, really good people in Bowes who who would use pyro and who I've seen use pyro, and they're not bad people or they're not bad fans. But then there is another dynamic who I'd question their motives. I'd question if they even like football or are they just there to kind of let off a bit of steam and shout the clouds. So it, it's frustrating. I know a lot of Bowes fans are frustrated and they're pissed off and, and they 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 want those fans banned. But yeah, just from from my point of view, lads, I it's yeah, yeah. I, I I remember seeing it and just thinking, ah, come on, like, cause it's, and overshadows a great result as well. It, it overshadows a really good result. Pats are a fantastic team, fantastic club, and 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 to get a result against them is 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 brilliant. Because I, you know, we are kind of stretched at the yeah. moment as a club, and and we can't afford those fines. And no, no, and 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 I don't I don't know where it's going to stop. As, as I said, there's a there's an entitlement there with a certain section of not just Bowes fans, League of Ireland fans. We, we saw the terrible scenes, you know, the fireworks going off in, in the Rovers match and not, yeah, half yeah. As mu- not half as much was done there, which is another... It, it seems argument. to be a league-wide problem, though. Like, it's not just it's not just Bowes. We're not just picking on Bowes, but just that happens to be, you know, the story of the weekend. But, I mean, this is always going to happen. I worked in football in England for a number of years. Uh, we've done training on flares. We've been shown all the, the grisly bits of flares hitting, you know, a guy in Brazil got killed because a flare hit him in the face and uh, exploded, killed him. Uh, people have been maimed. We had to see all these pictures and videos, by the way, as part of our training. And basically, the flare goes off. You can't even put it out. You just have to let it flame out. It has yeah, to yeah. Stop it. Even the fire brigade. See it with the fire brigade. But, but I, put him in I honestly think... And- I honestly think it's like a inferiority complex that, that we have as League of Ireland fans, and we feel, oh, we need to we need to show the world that this is the greatest league in the world, and we're going to do yeah. that by having pyro. Like even in Lansdowne Road, lads, the, you, having pyro on Lansdowne Road is a fucking disaster because of the structure of Lansdowne Road. It's, it's anywhere. It's it's, it's, it's well 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 Lansdowne Road in particular, like at least with Daly Mayor Park. It's not enclosed, so the the smoke will disperse. But like in in Lansdowne Road, it just it just kind of pools. So then you just have a smoky ground, and yeah. it just look it, it actually looks shit. Like people say, oh, the pyro looks great, and all this kind of thing. Yeah, but a smoky stadium looks absolutely shite. So it is like an inferiority complex. They're like, oh, we want to be like these German clubs and all these ultras, yeah, yeah. and then essentially it's 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 just, just it's 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 unusual and as i said it's it's a certain wave of fans they're not all bad people they don't all mean bad but 
it's yeah. it's it's it, it is a bit embarrassing. To be honest, it's very embarrassing. It's very yeah, very no. embarrassing. And as I said, it is like cavemen discovering fire for the first time. Yeah, no, I, I don't get it myself. To be honest with you, I don't need a sparkly thing to watch a game of football. To be perfect, but but there you go. I think it's going to happen. It won't be the first. I doubt it'll be the first injury. I doubt it'll be the first ban. Um, I mean, I do honest. I do also appreciate the F, the the Bose fans protesting against the FEI, and you know, but unfortunately, you know, you know, you're going to get one. Well, you know. The FEI are going to find us, but you know, look at look at the state of them and all this kind of. But that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right anyway. But uh, we'll move it on from there. Um, we're going to move it on to social media watch, lads, and uh, prepare yourself, hold yourself in, wait for it. There you go, Newy Newark. Eat your heart. He's still not happy, by the way. Right, comment there. <clears throat> Uh, by the way, guys, keep your comments coming in. Uh, we will get to a comment after this particular part of the program. Um, so, Martin, this is your time to shine. Um, stirring the pot, I see, on uh, Facebook. Um, well, here was your post, anyway, about um, Ferguson. Remind, well, a bit of context to this, isn't it, that uh, Zerbi has come out and said that um, Ferguson, he's not in a great space at the moment his head space isn't great and you know he's struggling a little bit and i don't think he scored for a while and all of that and you basically came out and said a reminder he's 19 let us know what you were doing when you were at that age <laughs> a prize to the best comments yeah but can i just say i've just noticed the time. look at the time that i've sent <laughs> yeah so you're indulging in your favorite sponsor basically martin weren't you i had a very indulgent day um yep very good Splitting the G, which is I, I love that game actually. It encourages me to consume more and more Guinness though. Um yeah, uh I ha I was there in the pot, Dave. Very true. And yeah, some absolutely brilliant comments. Thank you for your everybody's interaction. Um I love the fact that we have a lot of fellow appreciators of alcohol. Uh we definitely uh, you know appeal to a certain demographic. Um, lots of people seem to be saying, oh, I was mad on the gargle or I was fucking up my uni degree or, you know, whatever they're <laughs> up to. We had a few people, yeah, a few people on the disco biscuits. I didn't really know what that was about. Um, too tame for that. I have enough trouble with drink, to be fair. Um, but yeah, some really, really good comments and some that we can't obviously repeat. Um, but yeah, I, I, I did enjoy a few of them. Any Nick that stood out for you? I think the disco biscuits for me. So yeah, that was a good a, one. I'll, do, I'll read that one now. I had to leave I Australia a for a month due to eating too many disco biscuits and needed a month detox. However, I ended up in Dublin at Fallon's pub for a year, hanging with my uncle and learning that disco biscuits were 80% cheaper over here. After a year, my uncle had enough and I returned to land down under. I was 21, <laughs> I think. A few people saying they were watching the World Cup. So uh, at that age, actually... which... Would actually, one nice one person on it uh, was actually in the World Cup. Uh, he got a bronze medal. Derek O'Connor was the goalkeeper for the Republic of Ireland um, in that under twenties World Cup. He's actually commented on there. Yeah. So there you go. You Keep never know what you're uh, having. Get. Five pints of Guinness for breakfast in Kensington, and then playing soccer in Hyde Park with Shay Culligan, man after my own heart. I, I have actually found a a fantastic pub. I'm going to give a shout out to it, Devonish in Piccadilly, Soho in London. Amazing pint of Guinness. I'd heard about it. I've actually sampled it. And I'm in London quite a bit, and now it's going to be a problem. 
<laughs> just don't show up when we no, go for our next no. uh, lunch don't show pissed um, I love this one uh, Gary Henley in Germany making scented candles yeah I've seen that one as well very very good but yeah look I, I'll put a few people went off on a tangent and well look I'm going to read this one this is a bit mad I got my bird pregnant and gave her crabs now I don't know if that's true and I know that's not a safe one for our or listeners pregnant, pregnant or crabs huh? yeah um, but yeah look a few people took the opportunity to kind of say that we're getting carried away about evan um and other people said look he's just having a bit of a dip and yeah. give him time and he is 19 and yeah we need to remember that so yeah i i did enjoy my midnight post midnight post and and seeing what was happening and the interaction i got from that which was which was good and we had another one um it was basically because i'm not sure if you were if you noticed nick we we were talking about uh dennis Irwin being uh you know, I said he was world class. Martin said he wasn't world class. Mm. Um, probably Keane was world class. But anyway, I think you're on the old Guinness as well for that <laughs> one, Martin. But it was, there was this particular one here. I'm not going to read it. From, well, I'll let you read it actually, Martin. But uh, on the Dennis yeah. Irwin post here from Richard Cronin, go on, read it out for us. Yeah, this is for... this is good. I have it here. Uh, many years and moons ago, when he played for Wolves, my dad on occasion drove the team coach to games. On one such occasion, I went with him and my dad was chatting to Dennis about when he met Jack Tal- Charlton when we were over in Kerry to see family, in which Dennis told him of a night out they had in the 94 World Cup. On a free night, some of the players wanted to go to some club or other in which Jack had said no. Well, they went anyway and on entering the hotel in the wee hours of the morning, the hotel manager said that Jack had ordered a wake-up call for the whole team that was due to be made quite soon. So they quickly got up there to their rooms and showered only to be called down to go training. Well, one player who had a bit too much had an accident and slightly shut themselves. While not wanting for Jack to know the players. One minute now, sorry. One, sorry, I've got this a bit. One minute. Uh, well, one player, who... yeah, sorry. Uh, well, not wanting for Jack to know the player, whip... wanting Jack to know, the player whipped off his shorts and flung them out one of the sunroofs and the coach had and quickly rummaged into his kit bag to find only a pair of socks, shin pads and a sweater. Apparently, the player put a leg down each arm sleeve of the sweater, safety pinned the neck hole, and prayed Jack would not notice. Well, on reaching the training ground, Jack stood up and told the team training is off today. He just wanted to give the players a fright as he knew they had all been out the night before. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant. <laughs> See, yet again, you never know what you're going to get on Lansing Road or Lansing Road on Facebook. Um, one for me, I actually noticed, uh, it was actually sent to me by one of my, a very good mate of mine, my mate Frank, uh, about recently sacked son of the manager, uh, Michael Beale. Uh, basically, was fired just before the weekend. Twelve games in charge. Um, but basically, it turns out that there was a Twitter account called Player ID on Twitter, and when the Sunderland fans were basically slagging off Michael Beale over his twelve games, he was on there. Um, our player ID was on there defending him. You know, the excellent Michael Beale. Well, Sunderland fans are just, you're just toxic. You're, you're just poisonous. You know, what, what can this man do? And it turns out after a little bit of digging, um, they found that the player ID Twitter account actually went back to Michael Beale himself, um, which I think is hilarious. Could you imagine Roy Keane on Twitter? Actually, no, he wouldn't need to do that if he was still Sunderland manager. He'd have you, Martin, wouldn't he? Anyway, um, <laughs> it's like another, it's like another Irish football podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, controversial shots fired. Who are we talking about, by the way? I really don't know. Mm. 
Irish football blog. We give him a shout. We give Bill a shout. Although I, I, I think, yeah, and uh, Connor as well, Republic of Ireland player tracker. Although actually, not sure to talk to each other if you read the old uh, WhatsApp. Uh, yeah, it got very dark actually. It did get very dark, dark yeah. in there. Um, definitely can't talk. <laughs> Jesus, um, oh, a bit scared with these lads. Yeah, better not go um, there. <laughs> no, no, we won't. We're going to move it on to the comments here. Actually, coming to the end part of the show, the latter part of the show. Comments coming in, guys. Thank you so much. Keep them coming in. Uh, we will finish this bit when we get to the end of the comments. Uh, first one comes in from I Me Mine on a YouTube channel. Not John O'Shea, this is on the interim manager. Uh, absolutely no experience and strikes me as being too nice. Um, but that's the thing. If we do have an interim manager, we reckon it's going to be John O'Shea, don't we? It's going to be like the FEI coaching staff. Well, they have him real out Jim Crawford as well, which will probably... Do, do they have games? It's a bit strange, though, because they've got games around that time. I, I, I think a lot of people are very anti-John O'Shea because they think he's tarred by the... Been involved with Stephen Kenny. Uh, I wouldn't have that at all, to be honest. And oh, um, interestingly, I, know, look, I have said about um, John O'Shea as well. You know that he's done his um, all these courses and things like that. Now, a bit of an exclusive. You might not know this. Might, I don't think it's been well documented. A former Ireland player is actually doing a, a masters in um, football business and oh. like directorship role, and uh, could soon be quite influential in football. Who is it? A World Cup appearances in two World Cups for Ireland 94 and 2002 Gary Kelly no one of the three amigos oh Jason Jason McAteer yes Jesus I saw that actually yeah yeah he's recently just been on the uh, under the cosh podcast very funny stories we've heard before but um main mainly but it's a two-part but he is actually quite good he has a habit of doing that doesn't he yeah, he hasn't slagged off Stephen Kenny in it so far, or or anyone else. But yeah, or oh, Roy, yeah, yeah. He was still best mates with Phil Bab, though he was saying. Oh. And actually, Jason McAteer, we will have to do an episode just chatting about Jason McAteer because he's such a quite a funny figure, I think, in Irish football and a bit of enigma in a way, isn't he? A lot of people, yeah. not half um, funny, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people like he's quite divisive, isn't he? I uh, think. I don't know. To be, I don't really mind him. To be honest with you, I mean, he, <laughs> I always remember Roy Keane elbowing him in the head. I thought that was hilarious. I'm putting well, it in the book and all that stuff. Yeah, I'll always love him for scoring that two goals against Holland. Actually, the one in Amsterdam was. Mwah. Anyway, we're moving on. Nuri Nurik welcomes Nick back. Welcome back, Nick. Celtic fan. Celtic fan. Celtic fan. Celtic fan. <laughs> Um, Dave McGuinness, how are you doing, David? Great coverage this past few weeks, fellas. I've missed a few lives, but been watching very good coverage of the manager saga. Thank you very much, David McGuinness. So, I see, I've seen some of your comments there, having picking me out. Uh, we'll get to those in a minute, but glad you're enjoying the content. And if you want to go back and have a look at all our episodes uh, on the YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button, go back through the archive, is there. Um, if you haven't subscribed to us, why not subscribe to us? Subscribe right now, hit the subscribe button. Subscribe. And we are free. We are free. We are free. Yes, we are free. <laughs> free. Subscribe. We're on I the guess. ball, aren't we? Well, yeah. We're not off it. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Robert Duggan. I can't have the balls to go. I don't have the balls to go on, Nick. Nice chatting with you, though. Oh, good stuff. Good man, Robert. Great um, to meet you again, Rob. It's easy to. If I could do it, Rob, anyone can do it. Daniel Mullen <laughs> on a YouTube channel. Who's favorite to be the interim manager for the two friendly games? I think we just answered that. It's going to be John O'Shea, I reckon. But, or John... 
two Johns, John O'Shea, Jim, Jim, no, sorry, John or Jim, not John Crawford, Jim Crawford. Uh, it'd be one of the two, really, wouldn't it? Or be Jim Crawford, maybe John O'Shea. Would you think they would sacrifice? When are the games for the under 21s, actually, chaps? They're um, the following day, isn't it? Do you think they would sacrifice the under 21s? I'd be stupid to sacrifice the under 21s because they're qualified. Don't, I, I don't, don't think he mess with Don't it. think he'd be a big miss anyway. Oh, oh fired. Wow. Wow. Uh, no, the, the 21s are playing away in Italy on the 22nd on the Friday. So that's that's just not going to happen. But he can't, they can't be in Dublin for the Belgian game and away the night before. It's not going to happen. Phil Collins did it for Live Aid. Although he did have a concord, to be fair, <laughs> London to Philadelphia. Um, like, would, would you like would would you know? Not, I think you have to have John O'Shea or some. You have to have someone who's experiencing the setup of Irish football. You can't just have like Coleman or Mick Lennon McCarthy? coming in as a thing. God, Mick, would he oh, do it for know. an interim? I'd have though. Chris Uton come in as interim in a sense. They wouldn't do. They wouldn't do it for an interim though. They, no. you know, I, I know Mick was essentially an interim manager for a campaign. Yeah, um, just didn't have interim in front of it, but I don't. I no, think... but we don't have Noel King. We don't have Don Givens kind of role anymore, do we? Who who is that name? Who, who is who is that Those... person? Yeah, the under twenty ones manager, Jim Crawford. Yeah, they they he... only do, did that because normally the under twenty ones manager yeah. takes over. However, the, the issue with that is is that now the under twenty ones calendar is so close to the uh, yeah. senior calendar. You could do both games, I suppose. Our assistant could take the. Um, Either way, it'd be Jim. It'd be Jim Crawford or John O'Shea. I reckon. Um, that that's there's no there's no inside information there. By the way, Daniel, it is literally just we're just guessing. Um, no mention of Kelleher. I think you find Daniel. We had plenty mention of Kelleher. Isn't that right, Martin? We did. Yeah, I think he War was digging out. He was digging out your um the graphic where we had no mention of Kelleher because it was too big a thing to just have him on that. We we had to make a bigger deal of it all. Exactly. So there you go. Uh, world-class Gallagher. Tom Werner pointed him out for praise. Martin O'Neill even pointed him out for praise and actually said that uh, I was listening to White and Jordan today. Martin O'Neill was on it. God, he's... And uh, he said that uh, Seamus McDonough, his goalkeeping coach yeah. at the time, because he was with the team, actually, as a young lad. And he turned around and said that uh, he will be world-class. So there you go. Uh, Daryl Connor, how you doing, Daryl? Intro manager O'Shea for the Marsh friendlies is perfect for me. Only friendlies, and if it means getting the likes of Carsey, I probably it's a no brainer. Hopefully, the permanent keeps um, O'Shea. Also, the permanent manager keeps O'Shea, John O'Shea, Daryl O'Connor. PAC side, I don't get the criticism of the FEI recently with the search for a manager. What do people want us to rush it and end up with Lennon or Coleman? Making sure we get the right man, don't get it. I agree with Daryl there. Um, PAC was a complete clusterfuck, as we all know. Um, if you want to know what that's about, head to the episode. Dave's reaction is a bit more in depth. It's on the YouTube channel there. And uh, basically I go through all the emails and stuff. Um, that sounds very arrogant, actually, doesn't it? Um, watch yeah. my video. Uh, but it's just a bit more explanatory. But yeah, I, I have to say, lads, I think if the, if it means they play the waiting game, but they get their man in the end, I think it's all worth it. Because do you reckon it's because Carsley perhaps... It probably feels now, look, lads, you know, we're not too far away, but I don't want to leave the, the England job. I, I think I think there's a benefactor in the pipeline, and that's what's holding everything up. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I can, you can, fair. If, there is, if that's there, you can get the deal done. Like, like I the think Irish it's just pissed off with um, 
it getting so close to the March thing. Doesn't want to let England down. Probably wants to see what other shit's going to come out from the FBI. And, you know, I I, I think there'll be changes within the FBI anyway. Uh, yes. And I, I yet again, no inside information, but I think after that performance on Thursday, um, I think they'll be searching for a new CEO soon enough. Um, Richard Joyce wouldn't be sold on an interim manager for the March friendlies. It was always to hope these were the matches. New manager was going to get a feel for who he has in his future starting 11. And then Richard continues. Hope Roy King becomes the Ireland manager. I prefer him over all the other candidates. Um, well, Carsey for me, but if I had a toss up between Roy Keane, Chris Coleman or Neil Lennon, I would go for Roy Keane because at least be a bit of crack. <laughs> To be fair, um, but I don't think it's going to be any of those. Uh, and I agree with Nick. I, I think there could, you know, there could be a benefactor or something coming down the line. Here we go now. Oh, Dave McGinnis having a go at me. Um, two fucking games and pool fans are wetting themselves. As soon as Allison is fit, he'll be back on the bench. Uh, Bazzini has 14 clean sheets this season and is keeping uh, Southampton in touch with pronouns. Um, there's every chance he will be back on the Prem next season, or back in the Prem next season. Uh, this is when we're asked, who would you want in goal for the March games, Bazuna or Callagher? Uh, G on YouTube says, Bazunu. Danny Mullen says, I've always said Callagher is the better keeper, especially distribution-wise over Bazunu. Richard Joyce opines, Callagher hands down should be Ireland's first-choice goalkeeper. Um, Yeah. I agree. I think if he's playing uh, regularly in the Premier League at a higher level, um, I, why not? You, you go for your informed guy. Um, Ryan Kelly missed out massively in Conor Bradley for a right back, would carry the position for the next, for the next 10 plus years. Yeah, he was brilliant. Um, one of the many youngsters playing for Liverpool, Conor Bradley, who we really should have got. Uh, Amory weighs back in on the bazoo. New Kelleher argument. Kelleher, but any keeper is only as good as your defence, and our defence is shit. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, Amory. I love it. Just straight to the point. Um, uh, David Curley, Colin Buhig. Who's Colin Buhig? Am I missing something there? Described Carsey as only a slightly sexier uh, Stephen Kenny recently. How about Jim Crawford? There you go, Nick. A pathway coach, maybe get better manager in <laughs> 2026 when we're more attractive aim for the Euros. David Curley reckons Jim Crawford. No, Nick. No comments. Yeah, <laughs> uh, no, not for me either, Jim Crawford, uh, David Curry, to be honest. The Irish Aviator, how you doing? Both are absolutely fantastic keepers, Bazino and Kelleher. But if Keller is playing weekly come the March Friendlies, he has to start. Good man, Irish Aviator, or good, I, I, good man or girl, I, I don't know. No, best not say good girl. I don't want to go down the Brendan Rogers route, Jesus. Oh, jeez, yeah. Uh, Newark, well done. I'm sorting out the jingles at long last now about the website. Oh, Jesus, he's never happy, is he? Um, Dave, Tanya Mullen, Bradley is Northern Irish. Yes, he is. Uh, David McGuinness, David, Queeving Gallagher is not playing in the Prem. He's warming the bench in the Prem. Please be accurate. He's getting a run of games because of an injury. Yes, he's getting a run of games in the Prem because of injury. It doesn't matter. If, he, if he's in goal for us playing at a higher level, come the March friendlies, I think he gets a run out. The problem with, Queef, with Queeving Gallagher is that when he has played for Ireland, he hasn't been playing the club level, and he's looked rusty. He's never, That's why he's never impressed. So give the lad a chance. Um, Cormac Murray, was Celtic the showbiz move Adam Ida's career needed? Apparently so, Cormac. What do you reckon, lads, very quickly? Uh, yeah, look, I, I, I think someone like Ida, he needs to... 
like his game is is probably a little bit more direct than a lot of other center forwards. But I think in the SPL, yeah, he's got he's going to get more opportunities. Like he's playing in a Celtic team that are probably <coughs> struggling a little bit, but they're they're expansive. They create chances and they and they get chances and their strikers get opportunities. So that's what he needs. I mean, at, at Norwich, he was played out wide. He was brought off the bench. He wasn't really getting consistency. At least with Celtic, it looks like he's going to get consistent game time. Yeah, and 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 coming off the bench and scoring two goals is huge. So I think, yeah, probably a Kickstarter. I'd have nothing against him staying there, to be honest. And if and if he's scoring goals, that confidence can be brought into the to the national team because I mean, how many Celtic players have gone on to play international football? Huge amount, yeah, and they no, cope just fine. Absolutely. Uh, he also wants to you to release a Celtic fans mistape. Collaborate with Paul Harris. <laughs> <laughs> there you go uh, Daryl O'Connor delighted for Ida yesterday game was falling away from Celtic and scored a grey header then a lovely tap in for his second glad he's proving the negatives wrong Dave McGuinness I'm in his sights um, Creven Gallagher is a one way ticket back to the bench once um, Allison is fit also Poole will be Champions League next season so he'll be fully reliant on a League Cup run next year for games if you don't have uh, his one. season Oh, Dylan Howard, sorry, his season will be over pre-Christmas. You don't drop a keeper because the number two, three keeper gets a scattering of games and he's never played particularly well uh, for Ireland either. Yeah, but that's because he's never played for his club on a regular basis. But now he's getting regular form. Who knows? Uh, Daniel Mullen, Clement has worked under some of the greats of football as number two. Didn't do so well at Swansea, though. Yes, um, Real Madrid. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. Not Bayern Munich, yeah. Yeah, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, PSG. Decent, decent Paul Clement uh, pedigree. Dal O'Connor, I'd love Erlingus as a sponsor. Colour scheme and Shamrock suits could offer his discounts away games and would look nice and tracksuit. Hopefully, whatever sponsor doesn't don the jersey anymore. I think Erlingus would be lovely. It's amazing, isn't it, when you have these companies that are massive, like Guinness, Ryanair, Paddy Powers, um, Erlingus, I and mean, not one of them have ever sponsored the national team. I find that mental. Mm. Do, you, do you remember... Probably before your time, Nick and Martin, you were too busy supporting England. But um, <laughs> when Opal sponsored the team, everyone had a fucking Opal. Like, yes, my, yeah, there was that. Yeah, but I think yeah, that our was Vauxhall just in your that's a Vauxhall, Martin. In case we, you we had to jump on it, didn't we? Like everyone wanted to support the kind of. It, it felt yeah. as if you were supporting Irish football. In fact, you had an Opal car, and they had uh, there was like my next door neighbours had a cadet, an Opal cadet, and I had um, the Germany. I always wonder why did I have the Germany flag? It was like an 80 AD, wasn't it? Um, and I had the uh, the German colours going around. It was for Euro 88. Mental. Did you have a Vauxhall? No. Fair enough. She, she that one down. Comic Murray. Clement had a huge <laughs> reputation uh, from coaching with Ancelotti, but wasn't he a disaster as a manager? But wasn't. Yes, he was. Is Mick going to end up back in again, maybe in an interim role? We did ask that earlier on. He kind of technically was an interim manager. Um, for Ireland, albeit for like two years or 18 months. But I don't think he would. I don't think he'd go back uh, for two games. Robert Duggan, agree with Martin that Guinness would be a great sponsor, but would they go with an alcohol sponsor? Are they even allowed? Guinness 0.0 maybe. That might be the, the scoreline <laughs> over the next few games. Uh, personally, thought Revolut was an impressive sponsor if we got them. Um they can have an alcoholic sponsor. They can have, yeah. You, you can with, have. It's, it's, it's if you don't want to upset people, but uh, basically. But and I'd have no problem with it. Like it no. just seems mad that it's not. Like it's the national drink. Wouldn't oh, bother oh, me. Honest. 
you know what it, it is though isn't yeah. it you just just come in um and then yeah i i don't see the problem with it it'll be very subtly done you don't have to have it on the shirt but you have it on your sponsors you, it just yeah. has to be the harp that's all it has to be and everyone knows what it is so yeah like i mean logo it wouldn't bother me as somebody who i'll admit it like I'm... rugby i mean they're all over the rugby aren't they yeah i mean for, for me it wouldn't be a problem i had a massive drink problem i've been drank for seven years it wouldn't bother me having get it on the shirt there you go. Daryl O'Connor, Jemson signed a sponsorship with the EFL this season. Surely even them as an Irish whiskey could back the Irish team with sponsorship. I still think visually Aer Lingus for me. It's mad. That's another sponsor, another massive global brand, Jemson. You see all like you see it in bars all around America, all around the world. Daryl O'Connor, again, and get rid of Castori as a wise Yankee viewer on his podcast. Oh, he says, hashtag to Jesus. Away to Jesus with Castori. Yeah, we don't have uh, we don't have him on here this week so far. Well, I mean, we are on a different time slot. Daryl O'Connor, again, doesn't currently have two games with England on the 21st of March. Could that be a reason he's stalling? And yes, I take Barry in a heartbeat, if not Carsley. That's also, that'd also be a huge appointment. I agree there with you, Daryl. Uh, Cormac Murray. Uh, Rafa Benitez, back to Dennis O'Brien or Eddie Jordan to fund it. I think even we might need him to get in Lee Carsey at this rate. Uh, Richard Joyce, Barry, Jesus. No, don't want to see any part of the Kenny era uh, ever near the team again. Oh, Martin, no John O'Shea for Richard. No, mm. Barry, nothing. No? No, no, no. 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 I, I think Barry yeah. left, didn't he? I wouldn't have a problem with him coming back, to be honest, if he was part yeah. of the backroom staff. Um, I think Dean Kiley's another one. And... I think some of the guys have been kept on, haven't they? Some of the kind of fitness people and things like that. And they're recruiting a lot of other people within the kind of the setup in the background who are going to be able to float between like the under 21s and seniors and stuff. It makes perfect sense to have kind of doctors and physios working with both groups and recruiting for kit men as well. Coaching wise, a bit more higher profile, but no problem with John O'Shea being in there at all. It's an interesting role that went up with the FAI, actually. The, the I think it was talent identification. Yeah. So it's 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 along the lines of um I think first of all identifying a broader player pool so so players based in the UK and further afield who qualify for Ireland and also retaining players uh, who are currently playing for Ireland who may be eligible for other countries. So that, that's an interesting role. Yeah. And um and one that they're looking to fill at the moment so you wonder and and funnily enough uh, Lee Carsley apparently was was part of kind of player identification and retention in the fa so there you go it could be it's killing two birds well. in one stone it's interesting all these recruitment things you know it was something i was at the donegal thing recently in london and packy bonner was saying you know that he saw that they were trying to appoint you know doctors chiropractors everything like that and he said you know we had one doctor back in the day but that's the way these modern associations are are existing a lot of the jobs as well you have to publicly especially when you're getting government funding you have to be seen to be advertising it fairly yeah. to recruit people and you know friend of the the pod former guest david roach uh who's been a physio with the under 21s and under 15s you know i know that he's been in discussions with the fai as well because he's still doing a great job with the under 21s of course and 15s as i said but you know there's opportunities for people who have, have got their foot in the door there so you know, even for the kitman role, it's, it's, it's a big thing now. Yep. Moving on. Uh, Daryl O'Connor, England, England under 21 cent doesn't have a game until September of this year, which after March would give the English FA enough time to replace them. That's Carsey's thinking, keeping them sweet. I think it is, you know. I think Daryl and I, uh, 
we have the same idea there. I, I think he's just trying not to burn his bridges in case this thing goes south with Ireland and he'll have a job. He'll have a job back with the FA, no problem. I mean, why wouldn't he? He's he's an Irishman. Why why wouldn't he want to manage Ireland? Do you know what I mean? It's not it's 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 not it's you don't want to burn your bridges. It's not a nasty um parting of the ways. It's yeah, this is this is the next pathway for you. Um, anyway, Irish Jedi, give the FAI stick when it's due. But once Crasley said no, uh, no, it was a smart decision not to. Uh, sorry, it was a smart decision not to just appoint a Leonard Coleman, etc., to get the job done. I agree there. So I think they would cut. I, I just said one point on the Coleman thing, right? Is, is no. I think, you know, um, I didn't like all the stuff online, you know, with the sun getting involved and Twitter and stuff. And maybe then Elf, he though, turned around. Maybe he turned around and said he didn't want the job. I don't think he was ever offered it. But maybe Dave, that's just the way that the cookie crumbles. <laughs> that's his nickname, isn't it? Cookie, yeah, cookie. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> wasted um, on this. Yeah, well, by the sounds <laughs> of it, you're wasted on bloody social media half the time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think he was ever offered it. And uh, the son involved himself, Martin, to be fair. Like, people didn't just say, uh, I could be wrong. I don't imagine people went up, oh, you're that shit. We don't want you that. You know, he, he involved himself. He involved himself um, with an off the ball uh, report. I can't remember the names. Uh, Soul Dub, Rebel Soul Dub, one, one of those kind of nicknames. And, you know, he... isn't what, what, off the ball report? Did he? Yeah. Well, that's what Nick likes doing, annoying them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he yeah, he involved himself. No, nah, no, nah, Chris Coleman was wasn't as bollocks offered that job. Bollocks was he offered that job? That's a, that's a quote you can quote me on that one. Bollocks was he offered that job, and he turned it down. Give it would have been break. good if you got it there because you would have had like we've got Republic of Ireland tracker, and then we would have had a Chris Coleman tracker. But then again, that's been done as well. Coleman's kids, on, Co- Cookie's kids, yeah. Cookies indiscretions. No. We're gutter press. Oh, we, we are absolutely. That's what you have to do to get this. By the way, uh, hit that subscribe button if you want more of this. <laughs> right? um, but <laughs> basically, that was true, though. I mean, the Irish Mirror then came up with a thing on his personal life, didn't they? You know, the clouds are for oh, oh, Chris Coleman. You want Chris Coleman? Do you? All right. Get the dirt on Chris Coleman. And they kind of went over. It's like what Dunphy did with Venables, may rest in peace, mm. where he came out and started reading all this no i'm not having this and it worked yeah. um anyway we'll move on daryl o'connor give a shay marsh games and appoint either carsey or barry with a shay in the back room and i'm a happy man you're always happy darren you're very very high spirits can't wait to see you in march by the way pal i hope you keep them well irish jedi the fai rolling out a 12-year pathway plan for the future of irish football means they need to present progressive young coach at the top of the tree a bruce lennon big sam etc would undermine all Excellent point again. He is wise, the Irish Jedi. He does make a lot of great points. Dave McGuinness, yes, to an interim manager needs someone there, uh, like before with Don Gibbons and Noel King uh, when they did it. Uh, you need someone to pick a squad and a team on the day and to simply lead, even as for both windows, rather that than a panic appointment. I think that's kind of the general consensus we're getting from you guys out there. Loving your comments and your feedback as always. Is that you know, we don't want to panic here. Uh, Richard Joyce would love Antonio Conte, but in reality, I'd pick Roy. Keen Carsey clearly doesn't want it. Uh, the rest of them are either passive or clueless about it. We all love and Ant- actually, I don't even know if I want Antonio Conte. He's a bit of a head case, him, isn't he? Mm. At every club he goes to. Um, David Bagley, I'm a Bose fan. Very embarrassing. We take the ban and move on. Those responsible should be given life bans. Absolutely. Um, Alfie Connolly, uh, any news on the Carsey lads? Absolutely none. We reckon now we're not going to hear anything until uh, if we hear nothing. 
coming up to the to the window, in my opinion, it's A, to not detract from the window, and B, is to let Carsley get on with the job in March with his 221s games, and then he'll come back in. That's my opinion. Um, <laughs> David Guinness, David, you look like a floating head. But it's a lovely floating head, David. I'm going for a <laughs> svelte sort of... I'm trying to hide all my folds all black. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, Dave McGuinness, yes, Nick. Event junkies, a disease throughout all sports at the moment. Are pyros, flares, etc. Running on the pitch. Those little signs. Give me your jersey, please. Do me a favour. Uh, Glenn Forbes had to get confirmation the FAI is still in the Delaney days. Pathway this generation's genesis report. The mm-hmm. FAI don't won't ever change, will it? I'd be all for looking at the possibility of creating a new organization to govern Irish soccer. Glenn Forbes, what on earth do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> if that isn't full transparency, I don't know what is. Yes, uh, it will be a while before I stop uh, breaking that one out. Um, Dave McGuinness, the Devonshire, not Devonish. If you want to run an event there, let me know. The owner is a mate of mine. There you go, Martin. Yeah, I stand corrected on the name. Sorry, I had a few points of Guinness no, at the place. You sit corrected twice. I sit corrected, yeah. Uh, Glenn Forbes, the FAI should have had a succession plan for the likely eventuality of Kenny being fired. They had time at this point. It's going for someone who wants it. Very true, Glenn. We do believe that they went for him in November when he knew, when Kenny was still in the city, but knew he was basically going out the door. Uh, but apparently, Carsley uh, just didn't want it at the time. Something to do I, with staff. I, I think the reason Kenny lasted so long was because there was no contingency. I think he should have been gone way before he did. You know, they they... They, they no one lined up they couldn't afford anyone it was simple as that simple as that fair enough well Kenny out Jim Crawford in Kyle Hillahan good man Kyle we we um, should be giving we, we should be giving a uh, pathway Kyle. Where... no no not a, we don't ban uh, guys for having <laughs> blocking people blocking people because you disagree <laughs> with you <laughs> this is North Korean Nick you know what I mean this is this is Lance and Roar <laughs> Uh, we need them. Although there are some accounts on there um, on Twitter that <laughs> if you do disagree with them, they block you. Or individuals that may have burner accounts. Uh, we don't mean Michael Beale. Um, Dave McGuinness. I'd be very surprised if it's not Jonah Shea, and I'd be okay with that. Can't see Crawford abandoning under 21 games for interim gig, but can't rule it out. There is a certain dynamic, though, isn't there, uh, with the under 21s and seniors? Um, where Kenny sort of raided the under 21s to, yep, I want them. And Andy Moore, for example, never played him and he would have been captain against the Italians in the under 21s. But anyway, uh, G on Jason McAteer, the chap couldn't open a credit union account. Good L trigger. <laughs> Tarlow Connor, leave Crawford where he is and let our under 21s keep some consistency. Um, <laughs> Cormac Murray isn't a fan. <laughs> McAteer comes across as a tosser. No, sign on that one, lads. Okay. No, no, I'll, I'll come in on that one. I, I, I think no, oh. that's a generational thing with with McAteer because I, I think he's tarred with, um, you know, being around that generation of the Spice Boys, the Liverpool, uh, Red Nap, and things like that, and and they weren't very popular, like in comparison to kind of Beckham, Buck, Giggs, Skulls, kind of. Neville, you know, the, the Man United Liverpool rivalry at that time, they were seen as the party boys and out doing that, and then Man United were winning stuff. So I think that's there. He gets a bit tired with that, and probably celebrity went a little bit to his head with Ireland because he was 
a very popular player with Ireland for his exploits, obviously getting us to the World Cup sure. 2002. But very divisive, as I said. Yeah, he actually did get to play in World Cup 2002, just saying. Um, Ken Houlihan. Wasn't even uh, fit though, was he? No, he wasn't, but he still played. Uh, Ken Hillhan on the 21s playing San Marino, so could be Crawford, to be fair. That's an excellent point, Kyle. Uh, Cormac Murray, umpteen times. Noel King better not be let anywhere near an Irish team ever again. <laughs> no, you leave Noel King alone, Cormac. The 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 man, they have him in a like a plastic container, and they basically break it open when they need when they need the man. Noel the King. The, the Noel King. Um, Dave McGuinness, Bazuna is 22. The gradient of his upward graph will be clearly um, Queefing Keller by the time he's 25. Regrettably, Queefing Keller has squandered those formative years to warm a bench. Alison is 25. Is Alison 25? No, he's about 30, 31. I was thinking that. Um, uh, he's contracted until 2027. 20, Queen Keller with 28, 29 then. He has to move. Get first team ball and give me a reason to be wrong. Um, I think, well, um, I can't send them going for alcohol. I can't see them going for an alcohol or gambling firm. And then on Stephen Kenny. Uh, Kenny had a backroom of 3,567 people. And the incoming manager of five to six people. So big saving to be fair. I don't think that's quite true there, but I think any manager coming in will have a massive backroom staff. Um, Cormac Murray, again, would you try to get the likes of Brian Kerr back involved the FAR or someone like Pat Fenlon, a scouting type role, keep uh, eye on Irish League and link with a senior manager? Um, to be honest, no. The thing is, though, I mean, I don't think they need anyone having an eye on the League of Ireland or anything like that because the Premier League clubs do that themselves. It's quite easy, you know. If you see if you see a Premier League club or a Championship club or or a Serie A or a League One club picking up a, a league player, I think that's kind of your job done. Mm. So you don't really need that. Uh, for me, Brian Kerr is too old. It's a lot of energy going to matches. Like 70, 71 years of age, uh, I, I think his time you know, wasted. We may we, that man was wasted. Uh, Dave McGinnis, good banter, Dave. As always, David, always good banter. And New York interim manager Stephen Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point Nick says Dave McGuinness Kenny was kept there as there was no alternative nor could they afford to bullet him and David Nicholson says hi lads just tuning in well David you have an hour and 20 minutes to sit through <laughs> I do <laughs> sympathise with you David uh, but do check out the rest of the episodes and the last comment goes to Richard Joyce McAteer's intro manager would be class it would be definitely fun anyway we're gonna leave it there thank you very much uh for joining us thank you lads for coming on here and um yeah as always guys roar faithful your uh support is always always loved and welcome we should be back with a state of play towards the back end of the week we're going to keep an eye on what's happening with the irish manager we should be back live sunday back to our, our usual time slot of 9 30 um unless real life gets in the way and of course if lee carsley or whoever we have uh, more breaking news on the Irish manager job. We'll be back sooner. If they appoint a new manager, we'll be back live in some capacity. So keep tuned. It's where it's at. It's Lance and Roy. We are the voice of the fans. We are the podcast for grown-ups. We let you have your say. We let you have your opinion. We won't block it, although Nick wants to, but we won't block <laughs> you. Um, as always, hit that subscribe button. Scan that We're, at the We're at the Clattering this Friday, aren't we, Dave? Yes, 
Thank you, Martin. We are at the Clattering uh, that Friday. Uh, that Friday, this Friday. I'm having a mare, lads. This Friday, we're at the Clattering, Martin and I, for the quiz. It's the... Um, just tell us a little bit about that, Martin, before we go. Cherry, cherry quiz night uh, in memory of Tommy Feely, great Irish um, supporter over the many years, Ew. sadly missed. But um, yes, yeah, we, we do an annual quiz every year, obviously. And uh, this year it's for North London Hospice. So, yeah, a good fun quiz, general knowledge, be a good crack, a few dodgy questions going in there to test uh, the knowledge. And uh, yeah, all, all as well. well. Yeah, all welcome to come along at uh, seven o'clock. I think it is Cloud of Ring, and then obviously find out a bit more about Wrist London if you want as well. A big year for the club, so lots of anniversary. So if you are um, thinking of yeah, just getting involved with us and come along and meet Dave, myself, and yeah. uh, Nuri Nurik will be there as well. I'm Nuri sure. Nurik. Oh, is he a member? Oh yeah. Oh, that's only we met. Uh, if you actually, by the way, Risk London are always looking for new uh, members. There, you don't have to live in London uh, to be a member of Risk London. So, risk.org that's R I S S C dot org. It's a great, great fan club. And uh, we have all sorts of events, all sorts of things going on in North London. That's the Clattering North London. It's Hendon, it's the Northern Line to Hendon Town Central. Um, I'm on the Nord line, so it's actually quite handy these days. Anyway, we're going to leave it there. As always, guys, hit that subscribe button, scan that QR code, head over to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, I'm David Dunn. That's Nick Menzies over there. That's Martin Prendergast down below. This is Lance and Roar, and this is Good Night. Good night, and God bless.